Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary was widely regarded as one of the most violent prisons in the country. It held some of the most vicious murderers in the state of Tennessee until it was shut down in 2009. Rumor has it, as the prisoners walked through the doors of Brushy Mountain for the last time, something evil remained at the prison. Something demonic. Join us as we dive into the history of Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. This is episode number 71, Petrus, Tennessee. <laughs> sound of metal on metal woke Charlie from his brief slumber. He could sense the light, but he couldn't even see it anymore. He knew the door wasn't open, because that amount of light would have shot pain through his body. He couldn't remember how many days it had been since he had actually seen daylight. The sound of a tray sliding across the floor came to a sudden stop when it bumped into his shoe. He propped himself up on one elbow. He couldn't even sit anymore. He had been curled in the fetal position for what felt like weeks. He rummaged around in the dark and felt for the tray of food. Some dry bread that felt like a rock and some sort of sludge. Wasn't too sure what it was. Smelled a little bit like corn. As he dug into what he guessed was food, the sound of the cell door next to him opening piqued his interest. He didn't hear a struggle, he just heard a man sit down in the cell next to him. Hello? Charlie, is that you? I'm Charlie. Who are you? Don't you worry about that. Why are you talking to me? Charlie said. Why not? You seem like an interesting person to talk to, the man said. I'm not interesting. I'm just a guy who made some mistakes. Oh, but you're more than that, Charlie. You have a darkness inside you. I can sense it. What are you talking about and how do you even know my name? Charlie said as he broke apart the stale bread, stuffing a piece into his mouth. Don't pretend like you don't know. You have secrets. Things you don't want anyone to know. But I know them. I can feel them. Charlie scoffed and scooped up whatever the slime was that was in his plate, stuffing it into his face in one bite. That's ridiculous. You don't know anything about me? I know more than you think, Charlie. I know about a lot of things you've done wrong. You have a darkness inside you, and it's fascinating. Charlie became uneasy and stopped talking to the man, and the man stopped talking to him. Charlie kicked the tray away from him and went back to sleep. He awoke to a tapping on the wall. Charlie, Charlie, I know you can hear me in there, son. That boy that died, I know it wasn't your fault. It's a damn shame they got you locked up in here. Leave me alone, I'm trying to get some sleep, Charlie said. And just like that, the voice was gone. It felt like hours 
maybe even days, and he didn't hear a voice coming from the other cell. While Charlie was curious about how this man knew so much information about him, he started to miss it. This was the only friend in the world he had. Hello, Charlie said. Charlie, is that you? The voice came back. Yeah, it's me. I just want you to know that none of those things that you said were true. It's, it's kind of weird that you would even guess things like that. Oh no, Charlie, I find you fascinating. And don't act like those things aren't true. I know they are. I don't want to talk about that stuff, Charlie said. Let's talk about something else. You can't escape from your past, Charlie. It's a part of you, whether you like it or not. But you don't have to be afraid of it. Embrace it. Embrace the darkness inside of you. I don't want to embrace any darkness. I'm not a bad person. I just want to do my time and get out of here. Who said anything about you being a bad person? You just need to embrace all the parts of yourself, even the ones you don't like. That's how you become powerful. I don't want power, man. I just want to get the hell out of here. Oh, but you can be both, Charlie. You could be good and powerful. You just need to let go of your fear and embrace your true self. The one that's not afraid of the darkness. Charlie noticed that his voice was becoming deeper and more menacing. He was saying things that made Charlie feel uneasy, like he knew things about him that he shouldn't. For days, these conversations went on, and Charlie tried to ignore the feelings and convince himself that he was just paranoid. Eventually, his voice became so deep, and the details about his stories became so specific that Charlie wasn't sure if he was talking to a person at all, or if he was just losing his mind. What is your name? Charlie asked. Don't you worry about my name, the man said. He started revealing more and more things about Charlie's past that he had never shared with anyone, things that he was afraid to even admit to himself. He talked about his deepest fears and insecurities, things that nobody could have possibly known. He knew too much, and Charlie had enough. I need you to stop talking to me. Just let me do my time and get out of here. All right, Charlie. Suit yourself. The room went silent. It felt like several days had passed, maybe even weeks. Charlie refused to speak with the man. Once again, panic began to set in. Was he ever getting out of the hole? Would he sit in this darkness forever? What if what the man is saying is true? What if he could get him out of here? How much more time did he have in here before his eyesight was gone forever? The darkness had to be taking a toll on him. What if the darkness of the hole was the darkness that he just needed to embrace? What if it was that simple? What if that was what he was talking about? Charlie didn't mean to kill anybody. I'm not guilty of anything, Charlie thought to himself. I'm an innocent man. His thoughts were growing louder in his head until he was whispering it out loud. I'm an innocent man. I don't deserve to be here. That's right, Charlie. You don't deserve to be here. You are an innocent man. This darkness will consume you. It will consume you if you don't embrace it. Don't you want to see the light of day, Charlie? Don't you want to get out of here? I can help you, Charlie. I can help you. You can be free 
You can be powerful. I just need you to promise me one thing, Charlie. At this point, Charlie wasn't sure if the man was actually talking to him or if this was a voice inside of his head. He felt like he was losing it. But hell, the guards weren't letting him out of here anytime soon. How long had he been here? Weeks? Months? Years? What is it you want from me anyways? There was no sound for a while. But then, in a deep voice from the cell next to him, the man said, The only thing I want is your soul. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Coal Creek War. After the Civil War, the state of Tennessee was broke. They began leasing out prisoners to work in coal mines. Coal mine owners jumped at the opportunity and began replacing all company-employed private coal miners with convict laborers leased out by the Tennessee state prison system. This decision led to a labor uprising from citizen miners who attacked and burned down the state prison, as well as stockades and mine properties they freed hundreds of state convict laborers. Mining companies sent prisoners back to the mines, and state officials sent in troops to protect them. The citizens would continue to raid these mines for months, with hundreds dying on both sides. The state's decision to use convicts suppressed the wages of coal workers across the state. This set off a media firestorm and a statewide debate. Eventually, the cost of protecting the prisoners with troops proved to be too high for the state, and Tennessee would be one of the first southern states to end the practice of convict labor leasing contracts. The state won the battle, but in the end, the miners won the war. In 1896, legislation was passed to construct Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. So the state decided to get into the coal mining business for themselves by building prisons in prime coal mining locations. They settled on a location beside the town of Petrus in Morgan County. Inmates constructed the original wooden prison as well as an onside railroad spur, and they laid the railroad tracks to Brushy Mountain. Prisoners were forced to work backbreaking jobs in the coal mines on site. Life at the prison was brutal. The prisoners were overworked, and it was overcrowded. Tuberculosis syphilis, and typhoid fever spread through the prison like wildfire. Poor medical care, abuse, and mining accidents led to a massive amount of death at Brushy. Technically, none of the prisoners were on death row, but there is a cemetery on site for a reason. A jail sentence at Brushy Mountain Penitentiary was considered a death sentence in itself. The coal that was mined in the area had extremely high levels of methane, meaning if one of those explosive pockets were struck, the results were often fatal. Many of these inmates had little to no training, and with mining already being one of the most dangerous jobs in the country, dozens were killed in mining accidents, and others would be crippled for life. If they refused to work, they were beaten and tortured. If they didn't work hard enough, they were stripped down and flogged with leather whips. After working all day in the mines, They would then have to try to survive the harsh conditions in the prison at night. They would have to steal blankets and food from each other. Many slept in shifts 
as there weren't enough beds for the prisoners. Eventually, the prison became so overcrowded that the conditions were described as comparable to Siberian prisons of the Soviet Union. The state drew up a plan to build a new structure on site made of reinforced concrete and they had the prisoners collect sandstone from the nearby quarry to build the new prison. The new building stood four stories high. It was surrounded by an 18-foot stone wall. The shape of the prison was intentionally built to look like a cross. However, with the front doors being at the bottom of the cross shape, from an aerial view, it's hard to ignore that the cross is upside down. Things briefly improved at Brushy. It was safer, more sanitary, and there was much more space. Many of the prisoners serving at Brushy were being rounded up for small crimes and made to serve hard time with brutal manual labor as their punishment. Even with the improved conditions, life at the prison was still described as a violent hell. Inmates turned on other inmates, and guards even turned on other guards. Prisoners went on strike. Some of them refused to leave the mines. Inmates took guards hostage, and they would pay a price. Some of them would be diagnosed as insane, and then shipped off to asylums. After several more deaths and accidents in the mines, plus the fact that they weren't really making any money anymore, the state decided to close the mines and shut down the operation for good in 1966. Brushy Mountain was officially reclassified as primarily maximum security in the late 1960s. This ushered in a new era of brutal attacks and violent murders. 100 beds were added to house lesser offenders. Many of these minimum security inmates held jobs serving the outside community for the next 20 years. Comparisons were drawn from Brushy Mountain to Alcatraz. They said that the mountainous terrain surrounding the prison was more of a prison than the prison was. It was described as an impossible place to escape from. Until it wasn't. Due to the fact that inmates were constantly moving back and forth from the farms to the coal mines, from 1922 to 2009, hundreds escaped on foot. They stole cars, and one inmate even used a mule to escape. In 1938, prisoners tunneled through the mines to the other side of the mountain. 38 of them made their way to freedom. What made the situation even more dangerous was the fact that they were equipped with dynamite. Citizens who lived nearby the prison would lock their doors at night, some even setting food and clothing outside to prevent a robbery if an escaped fugitive happened to be passing through their property. Many guards were killed by inmates while tracking down escapees, and other guards were killed by prisoners during escape attempts. Several minimum security prisoners were given work trucks and vans to complete jobs in and around the prison. Unsurprisingly, not all of them were the best employees, and several just drove off to freedom. In 1950, inmate Richard Rue learned that his wife wanted to get a divorce, so he stole a truck and escaped. He drove to the cafe that she worked at, and crashed right through the front of the restaurant, killing a World War II veteran P.L. Hill in the process and injuring another person. His wife wasn't even at work at that time. The most infamous prisoner at Brushy Mountain Penitentiary was undoubtedly James Earl Ray. Ray is known for assassinating Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. However, before his infamous crime, Ray had a long history of criminal activity, including robbery and prison escapes. Ray's arrival at Brushy Mountain escalated racial tension inside the prison. On June 5, 1981, Ray would be stabbed over 20 times in the laundry building with a 12-inch knife made from a window brace. He survived the incident, suffering wounds to his face, arms, and chest. 
1977, Ray and six other inmates made an escape attempt. The group had been planning the escape for months, gathering tools and planning their route. On June 10th, they put their plan into action. The group started by sawing through the bars on a window in the prison's maximum security section. From there, they climbed onto the roof of the building, using a makeshift ladder that they had fashioned out of pipe and wire. Once they were on the roof, they used a rope made out of bedsheets to rappel down the side of the building. They made their way over the wall in the prison yard using their ladder and ran off into the woods. The escapees were pursued by guards and police. Ray and one of his accomplices, Alan LaFrance, were recaptured after about 50 hours on the run, but the other four managed to evade capture for several days. They were eventually tracked down by a team of law enforcement officials, who had to traverse the rugged terrain of the mountains to find them. One of the escapees, Frederick Garrett, was killed in a shootout with police, while the other three were taken back into custody. James Earl Ray earned himself an additional year in prison to be served consecutively with his existing sentence. He was eventually transferred to a different facility, where he was held until his death in 1998. Over time, Brushy Mountain earned a reputation as one of the most violent prisons in the country. Inmates at other prisons would be sent to Brushy if they were too violent or uncontrollable. It's estimated that at least one prisoner a week would be murdered at the maximum security prison. A protective gate had to be placed on the upper levels of the railings because so many inmates were being tossed over the edge and falling to their deaths. Knives and shanks were the most common weapons used in these murders, as well as cinder blocks and large stones. One guard described an incident where she was stationed at the auditorium when she noticed a man shuffling quickly up the aisle towards the exit. The guards called out for him to get back into his seat, but he said nothing. When he burst through the doors and into the light, they noticed that his throat had been slit from ear to ear. Inmate Jack Jett was stabbed 19 times in the throat, leaving his head barely attached to his body. A man who went by the nickname Waterhead was hacked to death in the cafeteria by a group of prisoners with a meat cleaver. His body was so mutilated that when they lifted him up to be carried away, witnesses say that his entire back remained on the floor as the rest of him was hauled away. In the laundry room, it's said that one inmate met his end after being stuffed into one of the industrial-sized dryers. The machines were so loud that nobody could hear his screams. Paul Dennis Reed was arguably one of the most evil men housed at Brushy. When Reed was 20 years old, he was convicted of armed robbery and sentenced to 20 years in a Texas prison. After seven years, he was paroled and moved to Nashville to pursue a career in country music. He ended up being a dishwasher. After being fired from his dishwashing job for throwing a plate at a co-worker, he headed to a restaurant called Captain D's just down the street from his old job. He forced a 16-year-old employee and her 25-year-old manager into the walk-in refrigerator where he shot them both to death before robbing the register. The following month, he murdered three people at a McDonald's just three miles away. One month later, he kidnapped and slit the throat of two employees at a Baskin-Robbins about an hour away from his previous crimes. This earned him the nickname, The Fast Food Killer. Reed was finally caught and sent to Brushy Mountain. Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary closed its doors for good on June 11, 2009. It's now open for tours. It even has a distillery and a museum inside the prison. They also embrace the fact that it is notorious for being infested by ghosts. They offer overnight paranormal events and ghost hunts, 
and some of the evidence being captured is downright terrifying. With the staggering 10,000 plus deaths on the grounds, it's no surprise that the prison is now a hotbed of paranormal activity. Evil men who did evil things were housed here for decades. Over the years, numerous reports of ghost sightings, poltergeist activity, and even demonic activity have been reported at Brushy Mountain Prison. Visitors and employees have reported seeing apparitions of prisoners and hearing unexplained sounds and voices. Many have reported feeling an eerie presence throughout the prison and the sensation of something breathing on their neck. In the courtyard, the ghost of a woman named Bonnie is said to lurk. No woman ever served time at Brushy Mountain, so it's unclear why her spirit is here. But Bonnie frequently makes her presence known. Waterhead's ghost is said to haunt the location where he was brutally murdered in the cafeteria. In the auditorium, which was the former hospital ward, paranormal investigators have sensed something evil within. Knocks pound on the locked doors as if something is trying to get out. Footsteps can be heard shuffling around the room, and several visitors have felt the sensation of being choked by unseen hands. Many EVPs have been caught here, most frequently in the chapel. Many of them have been described as the voice of a beast, capturing growls and demonic voices. Another EVP was captured outside of James Earl Ray's former cell. The investigators played an audio clip of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, and they captured an EVP of who they believe may be James Earl Ray saying, Hush. In D-Block, where Riot had turned into a week-long standoff with the FBI, staff and former inmates believe that the area is so plagued with ghosts that many refuse to enter. Cell doors slam on their own, and many have been touched or pushed by the undead. Ghostly voices and whispers echo down the corridors, as well as the constant sound of items shifting around or being dropped to the floor. Massive temperature drops are frequent in D-Block, and the image of a shorter ghost emerging from the fog has been seen during at least one investigation. Objects have been seen levitating, mostly in the chapel. A telephone was seen floating in the air before hanging itself up. Some say that this may have been the ghost of Jet, who was murdered while on the phone. Orbs are most frequently seen down in the hole, where prisoners were subject to brutal methods of torture. Cameras and recording devices malfunction, and batteries inexplicably drain. Some visitors have reported feeling a presence watching them or touching them, even when no one was there. According to the current owners of the prison, there are two demonic entities in the building. One of these demonic spirits has been spotted. It was described as being half man and half goat. This claim was backed by Debbie Williams, who worked as a correctional officer at the prison for nearly 30 years. Debbie also experienced paranormal activity when the prison was still in operation. Jamie, one of the owners, says that she has seen apparitions, she has been scratched and touched by ghosts, and was witness to what they call the creeper. While using an SLS camera, the image of something crawling on the floor was captured. It seemed to move on its belly, dragging itself across the floor with its arms before scaling a wall. Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary was the end of the line for thousands of prisoners many who may have been innocent or serving long sentences for petty crimes, while others were tortured, beaten, and murdered by some of America's most violent criminals. It's no wonder why so much paranormal activity is going on 
at a place with such dark history. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 71 of Hometown Ghost Stories. I'm Charlie, and I'm joined by Rob Buckley. Hello, Rob. This is yet another prison that I am super excited that I didn't get locked up in while wearing a Batman onesie. <laughs> there is more to that story. I don't know if you told that story, but yeah, Rob did get come so close to getting arrested in a Batman costume. No, it was a onesie. It was pajamas. Anyways, yeah. we're also joined by Dave. What's up? That was uh, on your birthday, wasn't it? Yeah, there was yeah. some chance. And, Best birthday uh, ever. <laughs> and it was all Dave's fault, shockingly. That is uh, that is an unconfirmed rumor. <laughs> when the police show up to your house, here's just a, a life tip for all you folks. Yes. When police show up to your house while you're having a birthday party in the middle of the night, probably close to 2 or 3 a.m. And you're because, chanting. Because I'm chanting obscenities into a microphone in a small, quiet neighborhood in a very haunted house. Uh, when the police show up, don't invite them in like Dave did. I didn't yeah. do that. That's not what happened. This is Rob's fault for having warrants. But anyways, <laughs> listen, it happens, okay? Like, like you don't have a warrant right now. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't. <laughs> I don't well, do much. Anyways, uh, we're also joined. We have a special guest today, very special guest, and he's a legend. This is a YouTube sensation, Twitch streamer, gamer, He's on TikTok. He has cool guns on Instagram, and he looks like he could kick the shit out of me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Jake the Viking. What's up? What's going on, buddy? Thank you for joining. I need more of this story y'all were just saying, though. <laughs> I need more of that. <laughs> uh, there isn't much more to it. I mean, a, a lot of the people that were in chat were there. Andrew was hiding in a closet upstairs because he was underage at the time. <laughs> he thought the police were going to rummage through the house and go find it. I don't know. It was It was a wild night. So, oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> I ran home from the police station that night, so that was fun. Literally jogged home. It was <laughs> relatively close, but we're just waiting for the call. We're like, we're gonna pick up Rob as soon as he's you know bailed out, and and all of a sudden he's just back. We're like, how'd you get here? It was January, and he jogged home. Yeah, Almost yeah. got came so close to getting arrested in a Batman onesie and also in his underwear. Uh, the story has a lot of layers, which Rob did not have at certain points in that party. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about Russian yeah. State Penitentiary. Jake, you have been to this prison. Yeah. And uh I was I was actually binging your videos today. I was like, how did I well, not know you? Dude, I didn't even know you were like a superstar on YouTube. I've been following you on Twitch for a long time. I think you got a raid from like Hitbo or or some Sea of Thieves streamer. It's probably like Hitbo, a, yeah. A while back. And I was like, this guy looks awesome. And I followed oh. you and I just kind of lurk all the time. And then all of a sudden oh, yeah. I'm looking through videos on YouTube today for Brushy Mountain. And I'm like, wait, Jake the Viking? I follow him on Twitch. Wait, I know that guy. A million and a half subscribers? He's awesome at this. And, the vi- and dude, I binge the videos. You're a beast. Thank you, dude. I appreciate that, man. No problem. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, speaking of beasts, we've had quite a few donations in chat. Uh, Demon King dropping 50 bucks. Matthew Thomas dropping donations. Captain McSlugs dropped donations that he wants us to send to Casher. 
and uh, I believe there's a couple other ones. A big meaty foot donated ten dollars. So thank you for that, and I'm uncomfortable looking at that picture. So we're gonna go ahead and take that off. But thank you so much for the ten dollars. And if there's any other ones that I missed, I appreciate it. And Demon King, currently the reigning champion, absolute legend as always. And thanks to everyone who's hanging out in live chat. We appreciate all you guys for swinging by. All right, let's talk about this place. And Jake, tell me when you went there. I'm sure you did like a walkthrough during the day. Yeah. Was there a massive difference when you went back at night, like in like the way you felt entering the building? Oh, there's all there always is. Everywhere we've been, there's always just a massive difference. Even though like there's there's really no difference. And like sure, y'all know there's no difference between if you get paranormal during the day and during the night. It can happen at any time. But exactly, like. Yeah walking around that place during the day, you kind of like feel better because you can see everything. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we went back there and it was pitch black, it was just like, I don't want to be here anymore because it, it, <laughs> it had such a creepy, eerie vibe because then you hear all the stories and like the 10,000 plus people that have died there because they had just found like the 2,000 unmarked graves. Oh, it was just like, now I'm here. It's pitch black. Why am I here? All that. Just running through the head. And I was, but it's probably my favorite place I've ever been. I want to go back. Yeah, it's we, definitely on the list now. I hadn't even heard of this place yeah, until a um, another person named Jake uh, had suggested it to us, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to go do like an overnight there." He was telling me how he had booked it for like eight people. I was like, yeah. "He's like at, at Brushy." I'm like, "The hell's Brushy?" And then I looked into it. I was like, "How have I not heard of this place? This place is crazy. It's like it rivals Alcatraz with like hauntings, which is also on the list of places I'd like to go." Same. It felt like there's a lot more stabbings here than at Alcatraz. I just felt like the whole entire episode, you're like, and then he was stabbed in the neck 18 times, but lived and then got stabbed in the neck 20 more times and died and like almost decapitated and just constantly people getting shanked. Yeah, I had to cut out like a, a, a whole bunch of insane stories of prisoners killing prisoners. And they what were guards doing at this prison? Like beating them just besides <laughs> that, I mean, there was a lot of that, but I mean, like, like it felt like they're, they're like, this isn't you cannot escape from this prison, but everybody escaped. They're just driving trucks off the property and just, just <laughs> one dude rolled out on a mule. Like, how slow is that escape? I can't think the only escape that was slower were the dudes that just tunneled through a mountain, a whole mountain to get out of there. And I think it was 36, not there. I think it said 38 in the episode, but I think that was a uh, mispronunciation from one of my sources. But either way, still 30 plus prisoners escaped by digging through an entire mountain. And then when they got out, they had more dynamite with them. That's a pretty dangerous situation. Like these criminals are on the wrong and they have explosives. Terrifying, terrifying situation. There was um, sick, though. It's so sick. There was a a deer that broke into the prison. Did you hear about that? So there was a, so there was back in the seventies, a young deer fell off the cliff into the yard at Bushy and the inmates decided to keep the deer as sort of a pet and they named it Geronimo. Yeah. (laughs) You bring it, um, the owner was with us and she told us about that story and I'm like, that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, it's insane. It was, uh, it was a pet there for years. They're just, it just hung out in general population, just a pet deer that they had. Pet deer. Yeah, they accused it of uh, being a snitch because every time the deer would just be hanging out with people, the deer would like turn and like look back at the guards and like, dude, what are you, are you giving him head signals? Like, what's, like, what, what is, what's the snitch? But I guess I guess when the prison closed and um, did the, the deer get shanked? Open, no, thank God. The only one, the only one that didn't get shanked was the deer. Thank God. But I guess when uh, the prisoners were all being shipped off to the next prison or just riding off on mules or whatever it is that they did they had to decide what to do with the deer. And I think they had voted to take the deer with them to the next prison. 
What if the deer, what if the deer? deer didn't want to do that? <laughs> but this was their buddies. I don't know. I don't know. What is the lifespan of a deer? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I expect you to know these things, Dave. You are a resident deer expert, and you don't even know how long they live. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess more than three years, because that's how long it was there before the prison <laughs> shut down, I think. All right. So you guys got, got some cool... Um, some cool evidence inside the prison. I was watching the video. It seemed like it really picked up towards the end with some knocks and slams. Yeah. And uh, it kind of felt like it was following you. What was, uh, what was some of the stuff that you experienced when you were in there? I mean, it was just like, it was weird. Cause it was one of the places that start off. They started off like a lot of hype. Cause you know, we're hearing the stories from the owner and the stuff like she's experienced. Um, the lady that works there telling us what she's experienced. And these are like the, like the no BS Southern women, you know, who like, Everything they say, you would believe it regardless if it's true or not, because that's just how they are. And um, so we're like super hyped, but like nothing happened until after midnight. And the first thing that really happened that was kind of like questionable was when Kyle and Shelby were outside of um, James Earl Ray's uh, cell and they did the whole Martin Luther King, um, I have a dream speech. And they both pick up on like rotten egg smell. And I'm like, oh, I know what that means. I've watched enough ghost adventures because that kind of gives you the idea of like demons or evil spirits area, but it's like there was no other smell around. All of a sudden, they both just instantly hit on it. Um, I think it's in the video. I think I left it in where they're both just like, man, it stinks. They're like, yeah, it has like a rotten smell, like whatever. And then after that is when we had the um, what sounded like something run down that hallway into the auditorium and then like slam against like a chain fence. And that's when we all like took off running because it was like, screw this. You know, everybody else is running. I'm not staying behind. I've seen plenty of those scary movies. <laughs> and, no, it, it looked genuinely terrifying especially like, a lot of a lot of activity happens at that auditorium yeah well that's where we were told i can't go too much into detail about it because i told her i wouldn't but that was apparently where a possession took place was in that auditorium mm-hmm. and that's why we were trying to like we we're trying to like get shelby to go in there and that's why she like freaked out she's like gonna be be possessed i guess yeah. whatever was in there heard that was like oh bet and then ran up yeah and when we, went, we went back is when we heard you can hear it really well in one of the clips. You hear something get drug. So, you know, like when you like move a piece of furniture that has like the four single legs and they like, whoom, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We heard that, but it shook the whole floor. And again, this is a, what was it? A supermax prison before they closed it down. So it's like all mm. concrete and stone. So it's like something really heavy had to just get moved in order to shake the ground. And of course the lady next to us, she's like, well, the only thing underneath us is the kitchen and everything left in there is bolted down. And so we never went and figured out what made that noise because I was honestly kind of like freaked out at that point. That I is terrifying. <laughs> Virtually everything in a prison is bolted down anyways, right? So it's yeah. like, what, what could have really been dragged? And I saw you test like one of the doors to see if maybe that would be something that would drag on the floor, but it wasn't even hitting no. the floor. And, that's, and we, were, we were hitting the door to see if we could replicate that like chain, uh, the chain wall fence or chain fence noise that we heard. Mm-hmm. That if you like watch the videos, you can hear that little bang. And none of us, the only chain fence that was there was the fence that was over the railings because they added that. Again, back to your little shanking, they would just throw inmates over the railings because, you know, why not? It's fun. So they put those chain, the chain link fences up. But it's like even yeah. that didn't really sound like what we had just heard. When before. I heard, yeah, when I heard the, the bang that you guys heard inside in the video, I, I thought initially I thought it was the sound of someone hitting that. Yeah. That is one of the things that you guys were doing that I appreciated. I was watching the video as I was editing another video tonight. And you were trying to replicate everything. You were trying to either A, find out what did move or B, find out that it wasn't paranormal. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we do as well when we go to places. So it's nice to see other people that are doing that. Well, my biggest thing too with that is that it's like, 
it gives you extra content, but it's also like showing that you're trying to figure out what's going on rather than just be like, oh, that was a ghost. All right, we're leaving. Yeah. It's yeah, like, no, yeah. it's like, let's, you know, if it's something, something made a noise. Let's figure out what that something was to then figure out if it naturally made the noise or if it, you know, not naturally made a noise. 90% of ghost hunting is ruling out things that are not yes. ghosts and boiling yep. it down to the things that might possibly be. Yeah. When you're doing it properly. I mean, there are people that are like the South Park episode where they're just pissing their pants and running <laughs> out of the house and then not going back in because they're so scared. Or every every knock that you hear throughout the night is a ghost. And it's like, no, nah. especially when you're in these old houses, like they creak because they're settling. And it's like, I've gotten to the point now where even like I, it's hard for me to hear footsteps because it's like I'm, I just expect it just be something like a normal knock that the building has. Exactly. Yeah, you get that in a lot of places. When you guys investigated the prison, were you the only group there or was there another group? We were the only group there. Oh, uh, that's good. Just yeah. the four of us? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, a lot of the investigations looks like it's relatively crowded, so it's hard to not rule out sounds from other groups i saw you guys did the conjuring house as well and that was yeah. kind of our issue with the conjuring house was we were there with like 12 other people so it's like you can rule out when did all, you go all audio uh about a year ago about a year ago it was, it was a, year, a year ago in november it was over a year ago Corey yeah. still the owner or is it the new lady no it was, no, Corey. It was the previous owners they weren't there that night um some family over super there. awesome dude that he man. seems cool yeah i've seen him in a, yeah. i saw him in the um What's, what are those two younger kids? Sam, the Sam and Kobe video. He seemed like yeah. he was real down to earth and willing to help. So what yeah, you guys get to the Conjuring House? I didn't, I didn't finish your episode on that. Oh, Conjuring House, we've had some weird stuff. And the, again, this is like everything paranormal, which y'all understand, you take with a grain of sand where it's like it could be or it could not be. Mm-hmm. And like one of the coolest things we got was, you know, we take the Xbox camera and it catches like the motion and it makes yeah. a little stick figure. Yeah, like an SLS um, camera. Yeah, first time ever messing with that. We were going into the kitchen and my buddy Jennings Brower bag was on a chair and it picked up something messing with the bag, like a little stick figure, the size of the bag messing with it. And of course, I'm like, well, it's probably just picking up like the straps because there might be some movement with the straps that the camera's thinking it's a person. Mm -hmm. But it was sitting there messing around, like moving like arms and legs, moving all over the place. And that's when I was just like, you know, someone there messing with the bag. And then all of a sudden it walks towards us oh, like shit. super like <laughs> elongated. And then it's it, like the legs come at me. Then the body comes. And then as soon as the body comes, the legs go out the front door. And then the body goes out the front door, almost oh, like wow. a slinky. And it was that just like, what the- <laughs> oh, it was so weird. It was just like, what the, what the hell just happened? And we caught, I caught another one of those on the barrel when we came out of the basement for like a split second. Like it was there. And then as soon as it realized that I saw it was there, it was gone. And then the next one's my favorite one we caught was down in the basement. The second time we went with my buddy Trey, we caught a female voice answered like three of our questions on a voice recorder, mm-hmm. like soft, like, and it was intelligent responses. Cause that's uh, the three I asked were what color is my shirt? Voice came back, said black. How old are you? I think it said 38, 30, 35, something like that. And then who said are young or old, same voice said old. So all three were, intelligent responses to what we were asking which was really cool that's cool it's really cool that you got that on a voice recorder too because sometimes like the spirit box can be kind of subjective right where yeah i always hear what you want to hear but yeah with the uh voice recorder that's that's something i mean we was that a little but we've caught some cool stuff on voice recorders Mm. it was that panasonic one that everyone like raves about Mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about the old one from like the 80s oh yeah the the dd yeah 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 Yeah, dave you talked about that one before specifically That's cool. So they, that's they the also, that, um, that's the one they use at the Sally house. The Sally that. house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. 
speaking of SLS cameras and catching strange figures on this, uh, did they t- did they brief you on the creeper situation that was going on at the uh, at the prison? It wasn't much the creeper, but the way you ex- the way you described it in the video was similar to what the owner was telling me was the freakiest thing she ever saw, which was like um, half human, half deer, where it was like a human walking on all fours, like an animal disfigured. And she said she saw that in that hallway to the auditorium. And that's why she'll never go in there. And wow. same, and again, it goes back to um, the pol- the not police, the guards beating the shit out of the inmates in the um, the mine shafts right. and how like disfigured they were. And so it was like it was she was oh. seeing that in the hallway, just like something crawling. And I'm like, if I saw that, I am like my bowels are instantly ejecting everything out of it, and <laughs> I'm running. Did they just see it on the S- the SLS camera? Or did they see this thing like in person as well? She saw it in person. She didn't see it on a, uh, like a camera or anything, but she was there and she saw it with her own eyes. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, the other we had this is like our second creeper. We had another one. That I believe it was at so one of the asylums. I think it was Waverly. I think Waverly it was Waverly. Was, yeah, might, might have been Trans Allegheny, but I think it was Waverly where they had oh, one. Trans Allegheny. Ooh, but this one would creep on the ceiling. Which is like a next level, <laughs> like that's no. even more terrifying. No, just crawling across the ceiling at you. Oh man, that's crazy. That was like um, only thing I saw at Trans Allegheny was a shadow figure at the end of the hall, and I'm literally like fumbling to get a light out. And as soon as I get the light out, I'm pointing down the hallway. I see a person, and I literally say in the camera, like on camera, I'm like, "Is that a in person?" Because we're supposed to have the whole place to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I say that, it just turns and walks into one of the rooms. No way. So, so we it told- wasn't a person. No. So we told the uh, lady that was staying the night was just, oh, yeah, that's probably our doctor. So and so he's our resident, like eight foot tall shadow figure. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, why did you not tell me this before? I thought and you were going to say a picture. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he was like your resident paramedic. I'm like, oh, OK, so the, then it was nothing. It was just <laughs> okay. no, it's our no. resident fucking ghost doctor. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so eight bad. Foot tall right? shadow demon. <laughs> yeah. It's, Which it's, has- as a reminder the other important thing to bring along while ghost hunting is someone that is slower than you so that you can (laughs) sacrifice them as you run away from said creeper ghosts yeah that's why we bring rob yeah rob i don't know how to bring this to you but this i'm way faster than all of you (laughs) there's no chance uh, (laughs) you have tiny midget legs you can't run Uh, speaking of i was was expecting the comments to flow in because there was one team that caught (laughs) They use like this fog system. I don't think it was your team, Jake. I, I, I watched so many investigations on this, so forgive me if I'm if I bring up one that you guys did. But they they had like this fog machine going with like this light stuff. Sounds like a crazy party, actually. But they <laughs> all of a sudden Rob's going to be arrested in his underwear. But no, the uh, <laughs> but they they actually caught I guess on camera they caught like a, a shorter ghost, like and you could like see this figure move through the fog. And um, I was just shocked that people didn't lay into the the ghost of Dave comments in the, in the YouTube. You guys let me down, but I was waiting for it too. So I, I heard a few people talk about the the playing of the Martin Luther King's Jr. speech. Was that were you guys the one that originated that, or did you guys do that because another team we, had done it? Yeah, we did that because uh, the owner recommended we do it because she said a lot of times people get a lot of responses by playing that. They'll get grunts, yells. She was saying they had got someone had gotten someone like um, someone yelling, stop it or turn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Off, mm. which makes sense realistically. If you, right. if we, we can go conspiracy theory. If you truly believe that James Earl Ray assassinated Martin Luther King, then you would expect that he would get pissed off if, if he if his spirit hears uh, Martin Luther's um, speech. Makes sense. Yeah, he had a uh, he had gotten married, I believe, while he was at Brushy, and the woman who married him was like a reporter, and she was just one of those people that just was into inmates, right? They, they, mm-hmm. You get these people with this. We've talked about it on the show before people that like just marry serial killers while they're in prison or whatever, and. The I just lost my train of thought because I'm reading Andrew's comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Marrying crazy. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was like, oh, I, he's innocent. I believe he's innocent. The FBI tortured him into a confession or whoever tortured him into a confession or whatever, whatever, whatever. And he, this was his going story as well. And then eventually when they divorced, she was like, oh, he admitted it. And he admitted it all the time that he absolutely killed him. Now, I don't know if that's like better ex-wife thing. I don't I don't believe the conspiracy theory on this one. I don't know. I, I mean, wasn't there like FBI files that were released that I, I don't know. We don't have to go full conspiracy here. <laughs> we're going to get off topic so well, quick. Even, even if it was a conspiracy, right? And James Earl Jones was not the killer. I hope James Earl Jones wasn't the killer. James Earl Jones. James Earl Ray. I was like, wait, is it Jones? An important, no, no. It's an important <laughs> distinction. Josh Bader had nothing to do with it. Uh, James Earl Ray. Or did he? <laughs> Fictionally evil. Starting a whole new conspiracy theory now. Um, no, but my point was, even if James Earl Ray didn't kill Martin Luther King, but went to prison for it, his ghost might still be pissed off when it's brought up, right? Oh, yeah. Because if you were falsely imprisoned for something. Or the other theory is that it's not even his ghost that's getting pissed off. It's just other ghosts. And they just, you know, they're ghosts that are bound there forever. And they just want the attention. So like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Like, hate that speech. You know, like, like so that's, that's I don't the even other know what theory. it's about, but hate that. <laughs> don't like that one. Yeah. So that's uh that's the theory with with that cell. So have you have y'all been to Brushy yet or no? No. Oh, we need you to. got to got yeah. to. It's got to be on the trip. Rob is just in Tennessee, but we I did. Literally. This was before we knew this place existed. So yeah. really it's, it's outside of Knoxville. That's because we we stayed we stayed in Knoxville and just drove like twenty minutes. I think is how far oh, it was. Not bad at all. Uh, but once you get out there, there is no reception, <laughs> and you're in the mountains. So good luck. How did that terrain look? I mean, I know they do like they do a thing every year now, kind of like in mockery of uh, James. Now I'm getting the name mixed up to James Earl Ray. Right. Uh, they do a uh, like this this run every year where like it's almost yeah. like a triathlon type thing where people try to take the path that he could have taken to freedom. And, yeah. you know, like a certain amount of people complete that path through the mountainous terrain. every yeah, single it's year. Like a Six miles through the mountains that he ran before he was caught. Yeah, I think he was on the loose for like 50 hours before they yeah. caught him. They have his um the ladder there that he used. And it's actually it's really cool because it's just a bunch of random pieces of pipe thrown together to just get steps over the wall. All the all of the photos and videos of that corner of the courtyard looked like you could just scale that wall. Oh, the part of the mountain? No, you can't. <laughs> it's it's because okay. uh, we talked to the owner. They did that on purpose so that you think you have this idea in your head that, oh, I can go scale that. And then when you get over there and try to, it's literally just straight vertical, just like slick rock that there's no grip or anything. So did it's almost it a like a mind, a mind mess where it's like you're, you think you can get out, but you can't. But did you try? I did not try. No. You think I'm going to oh. try and climb it? Why would I <laughs> slip and fall? 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. You have, to have your <laughs> you have to have your escape plan in order if the creeper comes for you, Jake. Yeah. Imagine you, if remember, you, remember the whole thing about not being the slowest one? Oh, uh, that's a good point. Imagine if you accidentally killed yourself trying to break out of a prison where you're a guest. <laughs> <laughs> you're still gonna try it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. That would be that would be incredible. The content would be great. You it wouldn't would know. <laughs> You gonna post it like Logan Paul did? No, oh, too soon. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <That's> too soon. <laughs> the uh, the place that has a distillery now looks like they're yeah. making some moonshine and whiskey. Do you uh, get to moonshine gather whiskey that? and vodka? Yeah, I'm a big uh, liquor connoisseur, and when traveling these places, that they've got some cool stuff like that, I always buy a bottle or two. So I've got them downstairs. It's the end of the line, I think is what. And then I forgot what the yeah. vodka is called. But the vodka was cool too because it was like you buy a bottle of vodka, you get a free bottle of their um, Bloody Mary mix. Mm. See, I like your approach. See, Dave, if we just call it liquor connoisseurs, our wives won't threaten to divorce us anymore. There you That's go. true. <laughs> I actually just filmed a TikTok where I was doing a, a whiskey bottle unboxing from uh, Von Payne. Really? Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, got, you can see you can see the tops of the bottles right here above the monitor. There's, <laughs> oh yeah, there they are. It's, well, we got we got Highland Park, Oak and Eden, a crap load of Bird Dog. Nice. All that just over there, just hanging out on top of a Jack Daniels whiskey barrel. Very I was tempted cool. to buy a bottle of Bird Dog the other day because it had uh, my dog on it as a picture, but it was something that it was a style of bourbon that didn't really interest me. What was it? I think it was like it was like ginger flavored or something or something uh, like that. It was weird. Yeah, they've got they've got a lot of crazy flavors, but they've all been actually really decent. They haven't been like overly sweet or anything. Like oh, that's my subtle. favorite. That's my favorite uh, peanut butter and chocolate um, mm. that they make, and I've got like almost all their flavors here. How was the end of the line whiskey? It was all right. Nothing crazy, but it was still pretty good. And it's a cool bottle to just have on the shelf because there's a whole story behind it. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, went to this place to stay the night because it's super haunted. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did it and filmed it. So out of all the places that you've been, I've, I've seen a few of the videos now. What would you say is your your favorite? Favorite? Ooh. Brushy's up there. Because the something running down the hallway and then having hearing the stuff get dragged I'm trying to think where else have we been oh either brushy or pinhurst pinhurst is just a different type of freaky because when you hear the backstory and history of it because you don't realize that there's a tie to hitler in it you're just like what oh, and yeah. so that's that's pretty it's pretty neat i didn't know i didn't know that either yeah we hitler covered, we haven't covered pen pinhurst yeah. Hitler apparently sent them like a letter or whatever, like congratulating them on the success of their like practices on the humans and all that. Oh, I wonder yeah. if that raised some eyebrows. Like, oh, maybe we're not doing a great doing. Yeah. <laughs> If he likes it, maybe we're not doing it so good over here. Yeah, that's uh, that is alarming. Yeah, reality yeah. check. But, huh. but Brushy is on the list of places I want to go back to, and it's like. It's perfect because it has the history, it has the paranormal activity, but it also has the look that you want. It doesn't, it's not like, because that was the biggest thing I started when I started doing like the overnight investigations. I didn't want to do like, oh, Sue's house down the street that looks super normal is haunted. Yeah. Like there's no like, like the visual aesthetic isn't there. Mm -hmm. But with Brushy, when you look at it, all like the different pictures you find online, you're like, dude, this place is 100% creepy as shit even if it is haunted or not yeah and it looks like a castle like it's it's sick yeah looking. it's got the castle then the walls with the little like watchtower that's like ruined and like decrepit in the corner mm -hmm. and it was just and then walking down the hallways getting all the different shots of the jail cells 
it was yeah. just like this is perfect yeah i yeah. i like the juxtaposition of having like that that aesthetic but i also do like the regular looking houses because it shows you that it doesn't just have to be looks it can be yeah. anywhere so some of the houses we've been to that look relatively normal have been some of the creepiest places we've actually been to true honestly i wish they yeah. hadn't torn it down i wanted to go to was it zach baggins was a demon house or a demon house yeah yeah that would have been cool but yeah, I think that was in like michigan wasn't it yeah i was watching the um was his little documentary on that i'm like this is insane the fact that they had like doctors and police officer reports on it mm-hmm. and people were still doubting it and i'm like you have people like professionals in these like high what was i looking for like high highly respected and regarded positions saying that this little kid walked backwards up a wall exactly mm-hmm. and you're just like no it's not real they faked it it's like it's what? yeah <laughs> you had a doctor, like two nurses and a police officer there and then you had the woman from child protection services just like i'm out yeah <laughs> quit yeah quit i'm it's done a, it's like w- with these things it's like you can understand when a family has a motive to lie about something like that right yeah. they want to make a movie they want to write a book they want attention but when like people who have nothing to gain from it and are respected members of you know an authoritative position like you know police officers or doctors or whatever like like if a doctor says like hey a patient just walked up the wall people are going to question like are you fit to be a doctor right that is a gamble for you to go out on a limb and say that you don't think the police officers got their balls busted when they went back to the police station? Like, oh, yeah, I was there and I found their report. Yeah, found, it was like, so scary. I had to leave. The police officer's like, yeah, yeah, it was an eight year old. So, <laughs> but it just, it, that, that just, when, when you have a situation like that where there's like, there's no reason for them to lie about it. In fact, they're jeopardizing potentially their careers by validating the story. It just mm-hmm. makes it that much more authentic to me. I want to yeah. touch on uh, Sydney's comment here. She said, Hey, this is Sydney. And earlier you said people saw a woman, but no women served in the prison. So my theory is that one of the guards' wives was there once and died from an accident or an inmate. So it's an interesting point, right? If there's a ghost of a woman there, where would she have come from? Because mm-hmm. well, I don't think there were women guards either. There were. Right? Oh, were there? Yeah, I think in the later years there were women guards. There was one of them. I think she had worked there for like almost 30 years. So did she die there? No, I think she's still alive. Yeah. Well, there's also uh, Indian burial ground, and it was also what was it? One of their high chiefs had been buried on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind I'm of virtual of any of that being there. Certain points today, I think that that mountain actually casts a shadow over the prison. So yeah, that could definitely have something to do with it. That usually, that's usually I, I mark that off on your bingo cards, ladies and gentlemen, because that usually uh, <laughs> that's usually that's, one of the points. That's one of the big questions we had. Um, not Ambies, but we had on. Um, we were on the uh, battleship North Carolina. It was like the best battleship to fight in World War II or whatever. Like I didn't realize it was that cracked is the I guess the right like terminology in these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're like walking, we're in the mess hall at like five o'clock in the morning, and and straight up we heard a little girl laugh. Ooh. Why is there a little girl on a World War II battleship where it was nothing but dudes? Right. Right. Good. If it's a similar, like a situation like the USS Salem, where they didn't just use it for battle, it was also used to do like rescue missions and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know I think, if that's yeah, I think the case with that just, particular one. I think it was just battles. Yeah, because it took a torpedo, it sank, it sank a couple ships, it shot down a lot of airplanes, and then um, yeah, I think, I think that was retired. Battleship in particular had like the best war record out of yeah 
any well, of the battleships that were used. The Japanese thought they sank it three times. <laughs> <laughs> and it just shows back up. They're probably just like... Oh, the- <laughs> It's sinking. It's sinking. Uh, but in regards to Ambie's question, uh, not that I know of. Yeah, Ambie asked Jake if uh, any spirits had followed her home after his ghost hunts. We haven't had that happen to us either. The one that I was actually like a little terrified of that happening at was Emily's Bridge. Mm-hmm. Just for that unsettling feeling that we got as we were, I don't know, just whatever that was that we saw was terrifying yeah well on that one jake is so I, I don't know if you ever heard of emily's bridge it's like this tiny covered wooden bridge up in uh, Stowe, uh Vermont. Stowe, Stowe, Vermont. Yeah. yeah and it's supposed to be a haunted bridge but we got some cool evidence there me and rob both like saw something and we're very we'll, we'll call bullshit when we see it or, or we're yeah. very skeptical and look for the scientific reasons behind stuff but uh we both saw something and dave caught a like class a evp of what sounded like a little girl's voice on the bridge Ooh. And people will go back and forth about what they think she says, but I mean, it's it's clear as day that it's like a little girl's voice. Yeah. That's, and, that's um, so creepy. Yeah, we we went there. We went there thinking that we were going to get nothing. I thought this was just yeah. going to be like a big urban legend thing. We were going just to, you know, have a weekend away, but also do an investigation. I'm like, we're going to go to this bridge at night. Nothing's going to happen. And oh my god. You were it was <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> well, we were more there for the hotel, which was the uh, was the Green Mountain Inn. Yeah. So this was supposed to be a haunted hotel. We managed to book the quote unquote haunted room, and we got virtually nothing. Our camera uh-huh. while yeah, we were while we were out and about, our camera caught a door opening, and we caught a pretty cool orb. That was like yeah, me at the um. Was pretty much it. Omni Grove Park Inn in Asheville. Mm-hmm. It's like super known for the lady in pink, which is a mistress of the night who was thrown off the fourth floor balcony and died. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really capture anything there except for that was like the second place I've ever been where I kept seeing people in the corner of my eyes that weren't there. Like I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning. I was tired. So I was sitting down in like an area like no one's going to be at three o'clock in the morning and I'm playing on my phone and I, I will put like all the money I would ever make in my entire life on this. I saw someone walking up. And I'm like, oh, it's probably like a worker here about to ask, hey, what are you doing? It's three o'clock in the morning. Why are you over here? And so I was like fully like preparing for like a little interaction. Be like, no, yeah, I'm filming a YouTube video. Security already knows all that, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as they like get like about like maybe five feet away, I turn nobody. Oh, and I was just like, what? That's a big thing. And a lot of people like they they dismiss that. It's like, oh, it's just my eyes playing tricks on me. Like I see this stuff in my house all the time. It's just like I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I saw something out of the corner of my eye. And I think it was Troy Taylor who wrote about, well, he wrote about a million books on ghost hunting. But in his Mm -hmm. uh, The Ghost Hunter's Guidebook that he wrote, he was like, when you see that, you are most likely seeing something. It is most likely a ghost. So don't dismiss it because that's one of the most common things. And if you just dismiss it all the time, you're never going to figure out what it actually is. And that happened to me all the time at the house I grew up in, which is what got me into like the paranormal world. We, my parents bought a house. I'm in uh, Newburgh, North Carolina, so East Coast. Mm-hmm. And my parents bought a house that was downtown. It was built in like 1902, but Newburgh was founded in 1710, so super old town. And all the time, I would just see like people out of the corner of my eyes. I would hear voices. Like I was in the bathroom one day, and I swear I heard either my mom or dad yell my name, and neither one of them were home. And they experienced some stuff. Uh, my grandma swears she saw like a lady get a lady chasing a young kid up the stairs to the point that she just yells, leave him alone, you bitch. And then 
the, the creepiest part. Okay, the creepiest part with that story. Grandma says she sees old lady chasing the young kid up the stairs. She yells, "Leave him alone, you bitch!" Of course, tells my mom later, like, "Hey, yeah, there was an old lady and a little kid in your house running up the stairs and they yelled at him. I don't know, maybe I just saw stuff." Well, then my parents turned the house into a wedding venue, right, where people could come have weddings, do the receptions, all that. And while they're like, they have this one couple comes in, and again, there's no reason for them to talk about ghosts, right? No reason. And they're given the tour. And at the end of the tour, when they're like sitting down to like sign the paperwork, be like, this is where you want to have your wedding, all that. The 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 soon-to-be bride asked my mom, has she ever seen like any ghosts or anything in the house? Just out of nowhere. And my mom goes, No, why do you say that? She goes, Well, I think it's haunted. And she's like, Why do you say that? She goes, because there's an old lady and a little boy standing behind you on the stairs. No. Oh man. What? And my grandma's not there. There's no reason for my mom to share this story with this group because they're talking about weddings and stuff. And then all of a sudden the lady's just like, oh, yeah, there's an old lady and a little boy standing behind you on the stairs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's that is crazy. And it's funny because like, like every time me and the wife go to like an old house, whoever's there, I'm always like, so is it haunted? It's like my first question. But that's <laughs> not. But I'm not seeing a, an old lady and a child. Yeah. Stairs. Like that's that's wild, man. That reminds me of growing up in the Bridgewater house. So yeah, we, had, yeah. we, we've talked about it ad nauseum on this show, Jake, but had a lot of hauntings in this house. My family ended up selling the house. We did a show on it. And after the show came out a few months later, I got a message asking me, is this the address of the house? I'm like, yes, but we don't own it anymore. She goes, well, I am the new owner. And here's what I've experienced. And she started saying stuff that we had experienced that I didn't even put oh. into the show. Oh, so, that's so cool. Yeah, I recently, I recently went back and listened to uh, episode one because that was the first episode of our podcast. Was just, it? Was episode one the first episode? It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was my whole point. Yeah. So it turns out that episode <laughs> one was story. our story. first episode. But you actually bring that up, or somebody brought it up during the, like, the live portion of the show was someone was like, I wonder who's in there now. And I think Rob was like, oh, I'd love to go back there. I, you know, maybe they'll reach out. Yeah. And uh, Dave, you made a joke. You're like, maybe they'll listen to the show and reach out to you. Yeah. And then they <laughs> found it. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they actually found the show. So that was like crazy. And I have not taken them up on their offer yet to go back and see the house, but I need to do that at some point soon. Do it. Just show up, show up unannounced. Yeah. Like, Still got a key. Yeah. Just let yourself just, in. <laughs> just walk right in with the camera crew. Like it's time. <laughs> just in the no Batman in the Batman onesie. <laughs> Rob just immediately gets arrested again. <laughs> that would be justified that time. That would be Dave's fault. That'd be wrong. That's a good TikTok. <laughs> That's how Sam and Colby got big. Yeah, yeah just get arrested. It's, it's great. Uh, <laughs> arrested is perfect. <laughs> What's next for you, Jake? Where are you going next? Oh, I'm I'm looking around. I want to do something crazy. I might want to. I might go back to Trans Allegheny because mm-hmm. we didn't do too much there. I would love to go back down to uh, St. Augustine. Because that's where we caught one of the one of my favorite pieces of evidence that I didn't even catch when I was editing it. Um, I was going to bring that up. We were doing a spirit box in the basement of the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And I literally say, again, spirit box, take it for what you will. But I'm like, if you're here, what's your name? Clear as day comes out of the spirit box. The devil. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Clear as day. And it I didn't even catch it when I was editing nothing. But I'd love to go back there. I mean, I want to go to, what is it? Missouri, Missouri State Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. I want to go there. Um, just a lot of places, but I've got other other stuff on the plate right now that I have to wait till after April. And yeah, then I'll start so, going so out. Moist. Yep. Yeah, I think we're gearing towards probably the Lizzie Borden house next because we're all in Massachusetts, so it's relatively close. Oh, but man, uh, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. 
have to figure that out. Uh, uh, that hotel in New York at some point as well. I want to mm, go do. God, yes. why is the name escaping me? I want to do yeah. I want to do hotels. Like, I want to do Stanley. 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 You got Stanley. Stanley. I want to go Stanley. My biggest thing is like, I hate doing hotels because there's like so many other people and other just variables that could affect it. Like you're say you're in like the haunted room of like the Stanley and you're just yelling like yeah you know what's your name person knocks the door can you keep it down? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the cool thing about the Shanley is you can actually just book that out. Wait, is it the Stanley or the Shanley? I'm getting confused. There's two different ones. The Stanley is Colorado, Colorado, New York. Shanley is New York, and the Shanley you can actually book out by yourself. You don't have to go there with other people. So. That's why I want to go do that one. Yeah, maybe we can link up and get something and yeah, do something. I'm, all, I'm always down collabing with other people because it's just it just makes it more fun and entertaining. Yeah, it just gives like different, like I guess content because it's not the same old same old. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah the, the the problem is like all the locations that I really want to go to are ones that we already covered. But yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong going back to a location, especially or recovering a location that you have previously covered. Why not? Because yeah. you can get something new. Yeah, just to do an investigation video. I mean, Absolutely. I think pe- I think people in the chat would want to see us do more investigation videos when we can find time from doing the 800 hours we're putting into the show on other stuff a week. <laughs> my, my biggest problem, though, with a lot of these places is you're like, hey, I want to spend the night at your place and do like a paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. You either get hit with people saying that they don't want any paranormal publicity or they hit you with a, yeah, that's fine. It'll be two grand for five yeah. hours. And you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. Yeah. There's been so many of those. And we try to throw around like bloody FM or, you know, whatever yeah. like podcast, no, podcast numbers are good, but they don't, they don't care. And I, I think it's because care. like, this is for a lot of these places, this is their business. So it's like, why? Well, like I have no problem paying, but don't beat me over the head with it. And you're like, we're going to bring some publicity to your place, but it doesn't matter. They, they don't care. They're like, well, Call also trans Allegheny. Oh, all right. Two grand. <laughs> It was just oh, like, is that what it was? Oh, I thought you were going to say call him up, Trans Allegheny. No, no, no. Good, I'll say call him up. Like, no. Trans Allegheny was two grand for the night, and it was like nine to four. So it wasn't even like the full night. I was like, Jesus. Oh, they actually hit us up and wanted to do an interview, and we never got back to them because we are the worst. But uh, maybe we could leverage that at some point. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Maybe. You know. We'll and then we've got. we've got the Biltmore out here in Asheville, the big, like, the largest private yep. residence. And if anytime you look up top 10 most haunted places in North Carolina, which is how I find my places, mm-hmm. Biltmore's on every list. Like every list, it's the Biltmore. It's the Biltmore. Talking about like the husband and wife. You can hear someone swimming in the swimming pool. You can get the smell of cigar smoke from his office, all that. Every time I've reached out, they're like, yeah, well, we don't want to market our places haunted. And I'm like, then you should probably reach out to all these places that have you on their top 10 <laughs> haunted list and ask to be taken off. Right. Yeah. yeah there's but- some places that just don't want to embrace it i think it was like the hotel del coronado where they were just very dismissive on it maybe not that one there's a few locations that they're like we don't want to talk about ghosts i guess that's not our identity which was newport so weird (laughs) (laughs) newport Rhode island yeah i walk in to the rough point mansion and uh the tour guide starts giving the tour guide and like the woman that lived there absolutely killed this guy that worked for her in the driveway (laughs) <laughs> no absolutely ran him, over. <laughs> ran him over and then back the car over i'm like yeah that, that was uh it was very intentional and he starts like talking about the house and uh, i was like how many of her husbands did she kill i didn't do a thorough i did a quick google search on haunted place <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs>
I'm surprised he didn't kick me out. But eventually they actually gave us like the the tour guides eventually, like at the end when I just kept asking about it, they they eventually all had their own ghost stories. And this is one of the like when they think of like the Newport mansions, they think, you know, there's several of them, the breakers and uh and a couple other that they're like, these are the haunted mansions. They don't even mention Rough Point. So we kind of got like exclusive intel on a brand new, well, not a brand new mansion, but you know, brand new ghost stories for one of the other mansions cool that were spot. haunted in in uh in newport yeah. rhode island kind of same with the house of seven gables in salem when i went there they don't want to talk about the ghost stories at all and i ended up getting the tour guide to talk to me afterwards and like pull them to the side of like tell me your ghost stories please and they gave me some of the ones that have happened to them and some of their co-workers bro this place looks sick i just looked up rough point oh my god it's oh. awesome yeah the, the woman who owned it i think it was dora duke I might be getting my names wrong, but uh, she was at one point, she was like the richest woman in the world. So yeah, they uh, spared no expenses. And this was just like her summer cottage. So her summer, summer cottage. This, yeah. That's what they call it. Oh, a yeah. cottage. Yeah. yeah. It, Me and her have a different definition of cottage. Yeah. <laughs> tell you. That's all right. You and her probably have a different definition of murder. So <laughs> accidental. It is. God. Uh, it helps to have a bottomless pit of money where you could pay off an entire police force, but yeah. allegedly. <laughs> and then we could then we could go investigate wherever we wanted to if we had a bottomless pit of money. This is right. Two grand wouldn't be a big deal. I uh, know. But yeah. but brushy, brushy back to Brushy Mountain though, man. That's one of the like again, y'all need to check that place out because it's like one of my favorite places because everything's there. It's got if you're if you're able to, you're able to get the EVPs, the sea stuff, the the murders, the noises, and just like we sat in one of the jail cells for like 20 30 minutes you could almost hear like someone walking down the hall towards us and it was That's just super like cool. oh. so apparently the the ghost and, and i had mentioned the story about the the guy who was in the auditorium and he had his throat slit mm-hmm. and he barged out apparently, yeah right down the hall yeah is he the same ghost that is like the smoking ghost where people like leave cigarettes for him did you hear about this or did you guys test yeah that out? i'm trying to part of me wants to say it I'm, is. I'm sure like 99% of them at that time smoked cigarettes anyway, so it could be any ghost, right? Yeah. But apparently when, after he got his throat slit, the rest of that story is he went to like the the hospital or whatever inside yeah, the jail. He, and yeah. he just, his last dying request was just for a cigarette. I think, I think, I think that's right. Of course, it's been like a year and a half, two years since I was there, but I think that sounds right. Because he got yeah. his throat slit and they remember telling me he like ran down the hall, like holding his neck. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just like the whole idea of like dead man walking, just literal. Yep. And then I guess, I guess, so now what investigators do, I don't know if you guys tested this out is they'll like light a cigarette and leave it just resting on the, uh, mm-hmm. on the jail bars, like outside of a cell. Actually yeah. in the video portion, I can't pe- pan across it, but, and I guess you can kind of, when you leave the cigarette, just sitting there lit, you can see it like, you know, the embers lighting up almost like the cigarettes being smoked by yeah. the, the ghost. Or whatever. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't do that, but yeah. But Jake said that he didn't want to spend two thousand dollars on an investigation, and I think that's like what a pack of cigarettes costs nowadays, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. uh, for, for chat, this thing I'm wearing a sports coat. I'm not. This is literally a denim jacket. It's just it blends in with the chair in my unbelievably broad, sharp, wonderful, healthy shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Like sports coat. So yeah. <laughs> Can we trade shoulders then? Because my left shoulder is not healthy. You, you don't. You, don't you do not want to trade. That's why I say you do not. Uh, you don't. You did not want to trade shoulders. I labor playing football, and it's been just meh, ever since. Yeah, I never had a doctor look at mine, but my arms fall out of the socket like once a week. So yeah, you don't you want these shoulders, at. man. <laughs> you should probably get that looked at. Like, 
probably I looked into like the recovery time. They're like, yeah, if you can get the surgery to fix your rotator cuffs and you just don't get, they're like, you just don't get to use your arms for one entire year. I'm like, well, just take that off the table. I need my arms. Can you you do both at the same time, please? Yeah, I could be in like a freak show or something. Just like dislocate my arms and be like the the creeper just crawling across the floor. Contortionist. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Learn to be a contortionist so that when you get some really cool B-roll, you can just be like crawling upside down across the floor. Yeah, you guys just tip over a barrel. I just roll out of it. <laughs> Jesse's Jesse's side sideshow act is he just dislocates both of his shoulders, then lays on the ground and cries. <laughs> I've been practicing it for years, actually. <laughs> I've watched you do it too many times, just walking. It's it's impressive. It's it it. You know what's the worst is like it's the most pathetic of actions now. So I think the dude like like I was like reaching for a can of soup. Not even to eat the soup, to move it out of the way so my fat ass could grab a bag of chips and just <laughs> arm out. I'm like, dude, I was just grabbing at a can of soup. <laughs> there was another time I ripped a paper towel too hard, arm gone. Yeah. Well, now you've got me worried that you're you're swinging your arms around. You better relax up there, man. I know. I do, man. <laughs> He's gonna, oh shit! Hold on. It's tough when you lose an arm wrestle to a paper towel. That's not a good. <laughs> it's an arm wrestle, Dave. Um, anything else? Anything you want to plug there, Jake? Anything you got coming up? Uh, I've got something really big coming up, but I can't really talk about it. Just be on the lookout for Misfits Boxing. That's all I'm saying. Cool. That sounds really cool. Nice. New Orleans. That's all I'm saying. I was going to say, speaking of New Orleans, that'd be fun ghost hunts down there. Dude, that's, yeah, that's been a trip. We had a trip planned during the time when traveling was frowned upon for lack of getting our video shadow banned on YouTube. I'm not going to say the word, but the, uh, (laughs) we had this big trip planned and it kept growing and there was like 15 of us going down. And then one by one, everyone's like, ah, my work said no, can't do it. This isn't going to work. And they'll be like, ah. So I have been to New Orleans. New Orleans is an awesome city. Have you been down there? Oh, okay. Uh, if you didn't know, I played football at LSU for two years. So, so I was an hour away from New Orleans. You've been there, I guess. Yep. Been, Mar- been Mardi Gras. Yeah, me and Jesse have also played football at LSU. We both picked that team on the NCAA video game. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but we have no reason to we're just like purple looks cool <laughs> my my whole reason was my dad brought me back an lsu t-shirt randomly in seventh grade and i was like done diehard lsu fan right now what and then i was able to go there and play it was pretty cool i played with um odell beckham jarvis landry leonard Fournette, all those guys oh yeah, very cool. cool heard of those guys yeah this will be all right was, uh, you should get them to go on a ghost hunt with you I'm trying what my buddy Daniil Hunter plays for Minnesota Vikings. I think now that they're in the off season, I'll be like, Hey, you, you try to do something crazy. I mean, OBJ's doing Twitch stuff, isn't he? Maybe you can get him to, uh, yeah, he's, he's so caught up trying to make it back though, from tearing his knees. I suppose he has priorities. Um, Demon King, real quick. Just Demon King dropped $66 and 69 cents. Beautiful. Demon King, you are a beast, bro. And thank you so much for all the donations today. Very, very much. Appreciate that. Oh, we're um, doing this uh, three thousand push-ups. Uh, oh, that's not let, us. Yeah, we let Dave do all those. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a charity for uh, Brennan's daughter who's battling cancer, so he's doing this whole three thousand push-up challenge. So people are oh, yeah. donating to that, and then we have another one. This Kendall, the GoFundMe link is in our description yep. for those of you guys. She's a five-year-old girl that just got diagnosed with Wilt's tumor, stage four, and she's battling down. Uh, God, what what state are they in again? Indiana. Kentucky, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, so they're down in Indiana. So she is a trooper. She's crushing it. Jesse talked to her. And uh, yeah. yeah, she's a huge fan of the show. For some reason, she likes Rob best. 
It's a mystery to all of us. Well, who doesn't? Everybody does. <laughs> I like Rob best. <laughs> all, everybody likes me best. I'm I because I am the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake, when you yeah. get that, when you can <laughs> announce that and release that video, let us know and we will share that on all of our stuff. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be well, wild. Thank you, thank you for coming I, on. This, go ahead, Dave. I said I have some uh, listener submitted ghost stories to get to if you want to do those. Cool, cool. Jake, you're welcome to stick around or if you got other stuff to do, you're welcome to bounce. But yeah, I'm about to hop on that escape from Tarkov. Oh, I am terrified to play that game because I know can't wait to finish my night just being pissed off at the world. It's great. Dude, like, you can shoot your own teammates and stuff like that. Yeah, we do it all yeah. the time. That's like old school PUBG days. Like I'd be shooting at an enemy and then the whole team runs right in front of me and I mow down Rob and Dave and everybody else I'm playing with. I'm like, you're all dead, but I survived and the enemy's eliminated. <laughs> Everyone's dead, but it's fine. <laughs> That's brutal. Anyway, so we do appreciate you hanging out with us, Jake. You yeah. guys can uh, follow him on YouTube and TikTok. You're pretty big on TikTok too? Instagram? Almost oh, 3 million, man. Questions. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Nicely done, sir. Nicely done. Well, uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was uh, beyond last minute. I just reached out on Twitter earlier today and it's like, yeah, why not? I completely like, like I, I like, what was it? It's like mind blank. I'm getting home and I'm like, why do I have messages on Twitter? I shouldn't have any. I checked. I was like, oh, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, nine o'clock. And I looked at the clock. And it was 859. I was like, oh, perfect. We're here. <laughs> yeah. I went to go tweet about the show. I'm like, ah, he's probably not coming on. I, I knew it was last minute. So I was like, maybe I'll reach out to him because there's a bunch of places that you've hit that we plan on hitting. So, uh, uh, dude. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. You're welcome to come on. Find me on the next one. Yes, I'd love to go. Hell yeah. yeah we'll we'll figure it out. Investigation. Hell yeah. I'm sure that's what the people want. So thanks again, Jake. And we will uh we'll be in touch, brother. Thank you guys. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, yeah, again, man. Later, bro. So, Dave, you have some listener ghost stories. I'll pull up the Patreon list. Rob, you want to pull up some reviews if we got them? And we'll, yeah, uh, so these are two. We have two stories, both from Massachusetts, both from uh, people that I know that sent in ghost stories but want to remain anonymous. Uh, the first one is a realtor in our area. So this mysterious realtor sold a house in Norwood, Massachusetts to a newlywed couple. Here's their story. We bought a house in Norwell last year and we're very excited to move in. Everything was perfect for the first week or so as we moved in our furniture, etc. Then one night, something strange happened. I woke in the middle of the night to a tall, dark figure looming at the foot of the bed. It was pointing at my wife as she slept. I screamed and jumped out of bed as I threw the comforter at the figure and bolted for the light switch. As the light filled the room, the figure was gone to my relief. But my relief quickly changed to terror as I realized my wife was having a seizure. I called 911, but she recovered by the time the paramedics got there. We went to the hospital anyways to have her checked out and she was diagnosed with meningitis. Luckily, we caught it early, and she recovered without any major problems. I was still convinced that there was some sort of evil entity in the house that somehow caused my wife's sickness, although I kept this theory to myself, choosing not to share the story of the shadow figure pointing at my wife as she seized in her sleep. Several months later, I ran into the realtor who sold us the house, and we got to talking. I didn't mention the ghost or whatever it was, but the realtor asked us if we'd met Mr. Gray yet. I said no, and she informed us that Mr. Gray was a previous owner whose ghost haunts the house. Apparently, he's a friendly spirit who welcomes generation after generation of new homeowners in this house. I couldn't believe it. I told her the story of the shadow figure that night with my wife's seizure, and we agree that he was probably warning us of the disease and possibly saved her life. Oh, wow. That was a crazy story. That is a wild story. Yeah, a lot of twists and turns in that one. 
And it was, I thought it was pretty interesting how it was, you know, it seems like an evil entity, right? Dark shadow mm-hmm. figure pointing, which is terrifying at the foot of the bed and white having a seizure, but ends up. And I, I think I do like the theory that it was a good ghost who was just trying to warn them of the disease. Yeah. Unfortunately with, with a lot of ghosts, even like good ghosts or ghosts that have like a good message, a lot of times their appearance is going to be their final appearance. It could be how they, you know, if they died in a car accident, that could be how they look. If they drown, they're going to be all bloated and disgusting looking. Like it's going mm-hmm. to be terrifying looking. Now a shadow figure looks like a shadow, obviously, but this is right. why people sometimes get absolutely terrified of ghosts that aren't even meant to be scary. And this just does nothing but confuse said spirit. Like well, I'm just trying to help you, bro. Like, boom, right. Point at and it might not have been an actual shadow figure, right? If you wake mm-hmm. up, everything's dark. It just looks like a dark figure, you know, might not be because, you know, the shadow figures are typically associated with demonic entities but you know it could have just been a ghost who knows who knows so this next one is also anonymous this was from hansen massachusetts i thought you were just gonna say the name you're like this one also wants to remain yeah he's told me the just, story just hang on while i post all the information on the screen <laughs> yeah exactly my friend and I were driving through the back roads of Hanston one night, and it was downpouring. I mean, absolutely raining buckets. The windshield wipers were going full blast and hardly keeping up. As we were going down a hill, the truck started hydroplaning and turning sideways. For a brief moment, the truck faced the woods as it slid, and in the headlights, there was a woman in a red dress standing in the bushes. The weird thing was, besides the fact that she was standing in a bush in the woods during a monsoon, was her color seemed faded, almost washed out. Not transparent, just faded. Her hair, skin tone, and clothing seems just not quite right. Like she was a painting and the rain was washing away her color. It was just a brief moment we faced her before the truck corrected itself, spinning back towards the road, and my friend floored it. I turned to him and go, did you see that? He goes, yup, and we sped off, never spoke of it again. That is a cool one. I think I read that one. That's uh, I love the reaction. Like, you see that? Yup, bye. Yep, bye. <laughs> We're out. Yeah, definitely awesome. Uh, if you guys have ghost stories that you want to have read on air, send them over via email or Discord. If you sent them a long time ago, send them again, uh, because a lot of them may have gotten lost in the shuffle of things, of old emails and things like that. So appreciate that. Rob, you got any reviews for us? Yeah, we got one from Ambie Rose, who has been uh, very active in the Discord as well. You guys need to jump in Discord if you are not there. It is a lot of fun. You can talk with us. You can talk with other people about your ghost stories. Most of the time, nobody even wants to talk to the three of us. So. I feel like you're, I feel I thought you were targeting that at me and Dave, who are not as good as you at replying to people on Discord. So, um, yes, <clears throat> we are there. Yeah, I mean, you guys do suck at it, and you need to be better. But we're going to talk about Ambie Rose's review, and it is titled "By Accident." I came across your podcast by looking for another while I was listening to another ghost podcast. While searching their names, that wouldn't come up. Your podcast did many times during my search. I was really skeptical and wasn't sure if you guys were down-to-earth podcasters. I gave your first episode a try and haven't stopped listening. You guys are my second favorite podcast from Lights Out. Uh, Side note, Lights Out, we're fucking coming for you, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Thoroughly enjoy that show. It is a good show. I like those guys. I listen to you guys while I deliver mail till I get home. Love your podcast. Thank you for the scares. So thank you, Ambi, for finding us and giving us a chance and enjoying us. Yeah, big shout out to Ambi and big shout out to the 
Apple podcast algorithm because thanks for just jamming our podcast on everyone's throat apparently. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we keep popping up. Very yeah. good. Before we thank our patrons, I, I do want to thank everybody who donated in live chat. Again, Demon King, you're an absolute beast, dude. You don't have to do all that you do, and we appreciate you more than you know. It helps with a lot of stuff that we're working on here, so appreciate you. Also, Matthew T., always a legend, donating. Captain McSlugs was in there. Mar, Mar donated $2. I think we might have been mid-convo when she donated that. I don't know if we even shouted that out, but thank you, Mar, so much. If you're still here, sorry we didn't shout it out at the time if we missed it. Uh, thank you for the $2 there. Big and meaty foot. Big meaty foot. Coming through with the $10. Yeah, so you, you guys are legendary for that, and we do appreciate you so much. So, and then also anybody who's donating to the charities as well, don't forget about them. They uh they need it, they need it more than we do. Uh, but anyways, let me thank the patrons real quick. We have Jeannie R, Jimmy H, Justin T, Lisa J, Mallory K, Mike B, Mom and Pops W, Robert H, Stephen V, Demon King. Those are our VIPs. Thank you guys so much. We also have Allison V, Amber J, Anna C, even better hometown ghost stories, Garrett, Lily, IDGIF patch. Uh, we have Jay, we have Jake V, Janice G, Marfire, Rachel B, Seth W, sorry, Seth, Dave sucks W, and uh, Stephanie A, Sydney B, Al Capone, Anthony T, Ashley M, Brandon W. We have Brennan B, Captain McSlugs, Cody G. And I'm getting the list, the list that I don't like we have huggy no i like this list but i got the list of people that also are no longer patrons huggy b carely j mark m matthew t mariah m papa squatch sarah r sarah scotty l uh solar flare soph and hooper that's a long list that list was almost as long as your opening ghost story nothing <laughs> what are you talking about charlie you're long the long game, live the long live the demon with the uh the south boston tennessee accent yeah yeah, I couldn't do two. All right, I couldn't do two Boston accents in a prison in Tennessee. I had to at least give one of them a shot. Oh, dude, you crushed it, Jesse. Everyone, everyone thought you were from Tennessee. Authentic. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> and what? The- <laughs> we got on the stream quick. Matthew T drops at sixty-seven dollars. He said, "Suck a Demon King." <laughs> 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 uh thank you so much we're definitely uh just gonna sit here and wait yeah <laughs> no, i'm just kidding no no, no. That, that was we do appreciate you guys for hanging out thank you to matthew t and demon king it was a hard-fought battle and we appreciate it and uh mariah says she's gotta love that the uh, patreon list keeps growing we also love that the patreon list keeps growing oh, and no it didn't happen did it oh my god All right. <laughs> demon king drops 70 dollars and has got a show <laughs> that's unreal matthew i'm sorry i tried i tried to end it oh man you guys are legendary for that so thank you guys again and we will catch you next week um friday we're gonna drop uh new what is this you're we're gonna do a side content for uh celebrity ghost stories we're doing walt disney but we are also planning on seeing scream six and patreon will get that early our review on the new scream movie so we're going to get that out right away. Yes, and choose the patron names in Discord. We brought that up last week. Yeah. We don't really know what to call you guys. We just call you patrons. Sometimes we say Patreons. They, you know, they want uh, oubliettes has seemed to be. Oh, uh, I like that. Thank you to the oh, oubliettes. We're going to end the, the joke. Oubliettes. We're going to end the joke before more things happen. Yeah, because we need to record this because I have to wake up in four hours. So. Yep. Thank <laughs> you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week.